Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vention, where people find passions and passions find people. Today we have on Paulo Martinez. Without further ado, lights, camera, action. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of music? My favorite kind of music? Um, I'm mostly into older stuff. Like classical older stuff? Not or? classical. So like... Uh, I like I mostly like 80, 70s, 80s, 90s rock. Ah, cool. Yeah. That's not typical for college students nowadays. Yeah, I know. Which is, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm not... I don't not a typical into, student. Yeah, I'm not a very typical <laughs> college student. Where are you from? I'm from Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just on a uh, movie set. Yes, we were. Uh, we were on the set of… I don't remember what it was. It was… I don't know what it's called, but it's a Star Wars fan film. I believe it was called Rogue Jedi. It's, it's not uncivilized. It's not uncivilized. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the other groups. Or, I mean, same group. Like, same group of friends. Yes. But different film. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really funny that we did it like back-to-back Star Wars fan films. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, I didn't really get to be as big of a part as Uncivilized as I thought I was because I was out of town mm-hmm. when we shot Uncivilized. So I'm like, okay. Uh, they get, um, Formerly Elope Productions, but now Streetlight Productions. I'm like, okay, they got this. I don't… Then uh, this is their passion project. I won't like really interfere with that. Mm-hmm. So, but it was really funny how we got to do the. We were bounty hunters. One. We were bounty hunters. That's right. Who and we both died in like an average of seven seconds. That's right. It, but you had a cooler death than I did. I just kind of yeah. I had like a I had like a ten second death. Your death was like two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it had, was still super fun. <laughs> it was super fun. We just met in the middle of the desert and just shot in like really heavy baggy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then you fall over. And you then, had to yeah. fall over like three times. Yeah, it was actually four. And then I like, I fell onto the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Death scenes, man. Stunt, those stunt guys, especially for those movies, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Gotta give them respect. Mm-hmm. So what's your major? I am a digital film production major. What do you want to do with that? Um, so my, I'm also next... In the coming semesters, I'm also studying graphic design. So I plan to both start a career in both of them. Probably get my, uh, get my foot in the door a little early with graphic design before jumping full into film. But my passion lies within film. And I just love it a lot. Yeah. And you said something about originally you were going to do animation. I did. I was… When I, when I uh, was… Deciding majors, I was between production and uh, animation. Uh, like uh, like digital animation, you were thinking. Yeah, like um, the like it would it would have been a course with like two D animation, a little bit of three D. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more in the two D realm. That at least that's what I I've I've been more familiar with. I haven't really experimented that much with three D animation yet. <laughs> But 
one of your projects was uh, what's it called? Uh, Godzilla Decimation. Godzilla Decimation, and that's a stop motion. That animation. is. Is that your first stop motion? It was not. Um, oh. My fir- I made my first stop motion when I was six. Oh, nice. Uh huh. It was. Did it, did it have to do with Legos? It no, it didn't. Oh actually. wow. <laughs> wow, you were ahead of the curve. I was ahead of the curve. I did go. I did do like one or two Lego ones eventually, but um, I started with I believe, um, I think my first one might have been Iron Man. It was like this pretty big, twelve inch Iron Man figure, and it wasn't really. It was stop motion by definition, but it was very rudimentary stop motion. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. six years old. What am I gonna do? <laughs> it has to be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. That's super cool. Um, and so you came out with a part two? Um, uh, is that right? Of what? Godzilla? The, no, it's in the works. Oh, part two is in the works. It is currently in the works. Currently. It, um, part two may be a bit of a while though because I am, all, I am working on a non-animated film mm-hmm. over, the, over the summer and I'm also working on another animated fan film. But it's a little less Godzilla, a little more Transformers. Huh. Which is, again, another franchise that I really love. Um, and are these going on your YouTube? Yeah. Uh, what's your YouTube? Oh, my YouTube is just my name. Just Paulo Martinez. <laughs> Sweet. How do you spell Paulo? P-A-O-L-O. Cool. <laughs> just for all those out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how, so, did you do all of the stop motion in your dorm? No. I actually made... Uh, Godzilla decimation before coming to GCU. Yeah, yeah. I made it. I started it uh, the f- last week of my senior year of high school mm-hmm. because what it originally was supposed to be <laughs> procrastination at its <laughs> finest, <laughs> right? What it originally was supposed to be was my um, computers computers class final, uh, and it was only supposed to be like two or three minutes long, and it was going to be an animate short animation test. To see, like, if I could, if I still got it. But I'm like, you know, I want to take this a step further and make it like a full story and everything. So, how long is it? The film is like around 11 minutes, 11, oh, 12 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, that's a little further than the two minute mark. Oh, yeah. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> just, just a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm very unfamiliar. I love the world of stop motion animation. Like, I follow tons of things and I, enjoy looking at it and stuff like that, but I want to dive into it one of these days. Um, how would I go about that? Um, well, it's a very, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's a, well, this could be said with animation in general, but it's a art that requires a lot of patience. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because sometimes you'll be sitting there, like for example, when I was sitting uh, doing Godzilla, um, Sometimes I would just sit there for like seven hours at the table on end, just moving the figure like little minute detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, and for spot for stop motion especially, it's it requires a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, and uh, like I said, patience. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, but it's a world that has like. A lot of people like there's a massive following like a community around it oh yeah like especially when you get to like the professional like Ardman animations and stuff like that yes that's sure. when it's like extremely um 
like a, a very strong group, uh, a very strong culture. Um, yeah. Are you involved in that, any of that kind of community stuff? Um, well, I do. I am active in some uh, stop motion communities online, um, namely on Reddit. But <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, I there like on the Reddit for stop motions, we share with our creations with each other, give each other tips, and it's just nice to because compared to like other forms of animation and even other forms of like filmmaking, stop motion is like. It still has a big following, but it's very small compared to the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. other forms, and it's in a that in a way that makes it a lot more personal. Mm-hmm. So it's something you dedicate yourself into for a while, and sometimes it's hard. Yeah, like there are numerous shots on Godzilla where I spent hours on them, and then halfway I'm just like, you know, this shot isn't really doing it for me, so I just scrapped. Like I just scrapped. What, like 120 pictures. So that's a couple hours of work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's something that like, like I we talked about this briefly before and I kind of brought up the point. I enjoy, um, I think it's very character building and very uh, fun and enjoyable process when what you're doing is time cons- time consuming but attention to detail. If something yeah. is time consuming and just any anybody could do it type of thing, um, then it's kind of like less personal. But like yeah, you said, it kind of like, becomes busy work at that point. Yeah, when it when it's busy work, it's not necessarily fun and enjoyable, and it's not something that you want to like throw your whole seven hours at a table <laughs> yeah. doing. But no, like like what you were saying, when it is personal, like so when you said, um, uh. That people would like to ed- identify with it. Do you think people are more readily available when they, rather than saying animator, they'll say stop motion animator? Uh, well, I think it really depends on like the context. Oh, okay. Because like, yes, we would like to be acknowledged as uh, as a stop motion animator. I and that's prime. That's my primary for- focus of animation. Mm-hmm. I would still like. Um, I, it's just nice to be put under the under the umbrella of animator, because sometimes some people, yeah, some there, yes, there are some people who actually don't consider it. Like <laughs> they're like, oh, did you just like taking pictures? I'm like, okay, well, there's like, well, there's a flow to it, but there's a there's, yeah, there's a pro and con to uh, identifying with that, because on one hand, you want to be known as, yeah, I do stop motion. This is my Forte, this is my how I animate. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you just want to fall underneath that umbrella of animating and a step further, filmmaking in general. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily you um, personally, but like in the world, in this world of stop motion animation, where can you go with it? Like what are the possibilities and things that you can do like for the future? Like what are you building yourself and your credentials for? Um, well, obviously, there's the big name animators out there. So, uh, especially in stop motion, you have um, Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, Kubo and the Two Strings, all theatrical releases of stop motion, which are incredible. And that would be a nice that would be nice one day, but it's <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of these um, more smaller, but yet. Also successful stop motion animators out there. 
um, actually go towards social media. And that's how they do, uh, that's how they show off their work. Like I know this uh, really crazy talented stop motion animator. I think he goes under DGDX animation, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, he started out, he started out on YouTube and uh, he thought like, oh, I could just do my stop motion on YouTube and this is like this is my where I'm gonna go from here. And YouTube didn't work out uh, work out for him. So he actually took his talents to Instagram and now uh, several companies like figure companies and like advertising that that's him. Um, yep. DGDX official. Yes. Uh, I, advertising companies like uh, marketing, they come to him to do like little short videos and he's living the life. He's pretty successful. And I'm, I think I follow him and uh, I think he's like, he's one of the head uh, people in the stop motion, the smaller stop motion community right now. And I think he's doing a great job because uh, he's successful. He's, he loves what he does. And just by like, he pumps out, I think one or two snippets, uh, like short, 15 second stop motions every week for uh, different companies and stuff. And he's loving it. That's super cool. It is super cool. Yeah. uh, I think it's like out of Portugal or something like that, but there's a stop motion animator and he's foreign. That's all I know. (laughs) And um, yeah, they get, they get uh, massive stop motion animation uh, deals for companies and advertisements and stuff like that. But what's really cool with him is he's not necessarily the, the like the claymation small kind of figurine type. Like he'll take massive scale landscapes yeah. type of thing and create these really neat stop motion. So stop motion doesn't necessarily solidify to claymation. It can kind of use any medium, anything that takes pictures in a sequence and creates an animation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, obviously, like claymation is the most popular form of it, mm-hmm. but there are, I see people all the time do uh, stop motions with like everyday household items. Like, for example, <laughs> there's this water bottle on the table right now. And um, like, there are people out there, there are stop motion animators out there who can think of like creative stories just to tell with just that one water bottle. Mm-hmm. And it's super inspiring and creative to see what they come up with without, you know, like a necessarily humanoid figure through clay or an action figure or something. And that helps a lot with like figuring out form and, but not necessarily form, but like motion and like gravity and movements and stuff. Because in reality, when you think about it and you try actually your hand at stop motion, like you don't really take into effect gravity and lag time and different things. And those are all the things that you just get with experience. Yes. Um, Obviously, like when I was six years old, I had no idea what any of those things yeah. were. So I just made Iron Man fly around as fast as I could. <laughs> but um, yeah, you uh, with stop motion and animation in general, it's like you have to have at least a basic understanding of like physics mm-hmm. and how things move. Um, for example, when I was working on Godzilla, I was like, okay, how would a how would a creature this big move? Obviously, he's not gonna like walk super fast. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so I just like made him, uh, and I just made him like go slow and like with that much detail. Again, it all comes down to having patience 
And sometimes you want to like rush through a certain shot. But again, it doesn't obey with the laws of physics for him to be going that fast or something. So mm-hmm. you have to really discipline yourself into getting a certain task done with a certain amount of like finesse mm-hmm. and detail. Yeah. And um, would you think, because the way that I would have expected it is um, reference. Like, would you freeze frame references? Uh, yes, actually. I um, With Godzilla and even a few of my other stuff. And even, I, this is something I've already started charting out in my head for the upcoming Transformers one. But sometimes I like uh, take a video of just myself for reference. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time in the stop motion. Yeah, it's That's super cool. It's helpful, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a, it's just there as a point of reference, so you could go frame by frame mm-hmm. to uh, have that attention to detail. But would you on like, in the process, be going frame by frame, or would you just use it as kind of a guideline? Uh, it depends. Like sometimes I've gone frame by frame, and then other times I've gone guideline, like. For walks, uh, oh, one of the most like, one of the most um, repetitive things to animate is a walk cycle. Uh, like if you have a character walking, mm-hmm. it can get tedious real fast. Um, so that way, so you have to keep that level-headed um, attention to detail, mm-hmm. and that those are that that's probably one of the ones where I would go frame by frame, and. Um, just pay attention to usually how I do it is like, okay, so this step, this step cycle is about, uh, say, 10 frames. So um, I have to keep it at a consistent 10 frames throughout the entire walk animation. Hmm. And that can be difficult sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, what's a typical um, frame rate for stop motion animation? Uh, it really, de- well, it, where you start in terms of uh, like how new you are to the process, someone someone just starting out may start at a lower frame rate, but like sixty is a high one. Oh yeah. But I'm somewhere in the twenty four range, so mm-hmm. it goes like hand in hand with uh, the standard for video or film. So you would take 24 pictures and then edit it like post-production like… Into one second. Okay. You compress all that into one second. Cool. Um, But for… You would probably assume like 12 for somebody new. Yeah. Or even potentially less. Even less. less. Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just because you… When you're new and you're starting out, you don't have that like sense of… What's it called? waiting it out mm-hmm. and the attention to detail. So you're like, okay, let's get, let's take a few shots for this one and let's do some for that one. And then you, and, and then you speed it up and it actually goes really fast. So yeah. like, oh wait, what? That was it. So yeah, yeah. then you play it back at a slower uh, frame rate to extend it out. But I think that's just something, like you said, that's something you just uh, hone over time. Mm-hmm. Um, in like the, uh, behind the scenes videos of Isle of Dogs, I saw they did really well with um, blocking where Mm -hmm. rather than creating all the detail, they literally just placed the character here, didn't change anything and then placed it way over there 
And they kind of just had it like just jump from spot to spot and like doing these different motions and then they filled in the gaps. Yeah. So it's like easier to kind of hone in on like large scale. Yeah. And those frames, uh, those frames in between the two spots, typically in the animation world, they're known as like the in-betweens. Your, your in-between frames. Um, and again, that's not something you see uh, just in stop motion. You see that everywhere. Yeah, you actually see that in um, other animation to styles more than stop motion because it's easier in, say, 2D hand-drawn animation to do two form, uh, two separate far out frames and then just do the in-betweens than in stop motion because in stop motion, you kind of have that flow of movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it just becomes easier over like, say, digital 2D art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> we all have. Um, oh yeah. So like, I, one thing that's kind of baffled me in the world of stop motion animation, even though (laughs) I tried looking it up, but nobody really, I I haven't found the right forums type of thing. Um, like, so is it a camera just plugged straight into your computer or is it literally, are you just taking pictures with the camera? Well, in a more professional setting there, I have seen some, uh, I have seen some cases where people plug it into the camera or they have, they plug it through this third party device and um, that kind of does it for them, which Mm -hmm. I want. I want that. But what I do. What's it called? um, I don't remember, but I know my brother and I were talking about it because my brother, my brother and I used to do stop motions like all the time and he's helping, he's helping out on this new one. Mm -hmm. Um, Quite frankly, he actually, may have um accumulate he may have more accumulated experience uh with stop motion than me mm. but he's still in high school so yeah shout out to Christian <laughs> he is in 10th grade that's me but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so but would it still plug into the computer or is your setup strictly just taking pictures uh my setup is strictly just taking pictures but nice yeah it's a little more gorilla and uh, raw. Godzilla. Godzilla. Uh. <laughs> Which like is definitely how to start. Because like for me, that's that's the kind of like apprehensive part about it is I was like, uh, I wouldn't know how, how I was doing. Like I was like nervous whether or not I would be able to like onion skin. Yeah. Uh, are you able to do that? Through the camera? Or is it like kind of just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? It's like a… <laughs> you are able to do it. It's more… Obviously, it would be easier if you'd have a… Uh, something where it was plugged into where you could just easily just go back and forth. Because I see guys, they have the key keyboard mm-hmm. where it's like the small keyboard that's yeah. plugged in. And it's just like the… It almost just looks like the number pad. Yes. That's- and so they just kind of use that and they toggle back and forth. Uh-huh. I don't have. <laughs> but that, more, is that what you're talking about? Though? Yeah, something like that. Okay, cool. Um, it, that yeah, that really comes in handy. Well, it would. I don't. I don't, I don't have an experience <laughs> with that, but uh, that would really come in handy. Yeah. Um, and then, like, what kind of softwares do 
do you and or professional grade uh, individuals would use? Um, I mostly stick to, well, for for Godzilla, I put it together in two separate softwares. Mm-hmm. Um, Adobe Premiere and HitFilm Express. I used both of them. What's in HitFilm? Um, HitFilm is almost like After Effects and Premiere combined mm-hmm. and almost simplified. Uh, it's more for like visual effects. So that's, um, that's yeah, where I did. Because you did have like, um, did you have like the laser and stuff like that? Yeah, that's, that, that, was, that, that was all done in HitFilm. Okay, cool. Obviously, I didn't have like a laser on set in stop motion. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that was for Godzilla anyway, the only thing that was actually stop motion was Godzilla. Everything else was animated in post. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta see it again. Um, uh, did you, have you ever tried green screening? I have the um, all of Godzilla was green screen basically. Okay. Uh, I have a behind the scenes video up on my YouTube, so uh, where you could see the process of. I mean, I could pull it up now and just like narrate about it. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so basically. What I did is I I animated Godzilla completely on a green screen and I composite. Oh yeah, I'll just do it on yours. <laughs> and I just composited him in, uh, in hit film mm-hmm. right there. So you can go ahead and take a look at that. Yeah, so that's my setup. Uh, I had this in this whole green screen and just the camera on a tripod there, and then I had a backlight where it's like I said, completely gorilla. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, little, it works. It did work. So, um, did you ever have like those rigging like uh, wire rigs for, for the camera? No, for the for the um, subject for the for Godzilla, because I've seen like wire rigs and yeah. stuff in the backgrounds that you have to like edit out mm-hmm. in post. Um, I have those, but I didn't use them for Godzilla since he's such a you know heavy uh, character. Mm-hmm. He's he doesn't need to be like jumping around and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and like most ninety nine percent of the time he is on the ground. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really need those. And then here we see that I did a little, this is the little experience of 3D editing, uh, 3D animating that I did. Mm-hmm. So this was an interesting process combining uh, 3D compositing and uh, the stop motion animation. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting to work with. And that Hel- was helicopter, the, the helicopter overlay. Yeah. That was uh, that's super cool. And you did that in what's it called? Um, hit film. Hit film. Mm-hmm. And then the, this is just like some deleted scenes and stuff because obviously, even in a stop motion where y- you think almost everything is planned, you have to you have to leave some stuff on the cutting room floor. And uh, sometimes that's a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like entire walk animations that you spend hours on. 
you're just like, you know, I don't feel like this ends up, <laughs> this uh, needs to be in the final film. Yeah. I see you did uh, an homage to the original, to the black, and, yeah. to the black and white one. At one point, I thought about releasing the film in black and white to homage to the 1954 original. But I decided like, eh, let's, let's do it in color. I came all this way, so. Yeah, and it turned out really good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, now that I re rewatched it after a while, I, you can tell the, the CG background and stuff yeah. like that, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. The fact that you were able to, to overlay that and mix mediums, mm -hmm. that's, that's super cool. Um, This just become this just went from a uh, animation interview to uh, impromptu beatboxing. Let's go. Uh, so yeah, in general, um, you got anything? Well, yeah, I. Then, like I said, did I mention how long it took? No, that's probably important. But <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It took, so remember how I said it, it started at the end of the senior year? Mm -hmm. uh, I finished it in early August. So it was like a three-month progress uh, process. Obviously, it, was, it wasn't like consecutive. I didn't literally spend three months of my life dedicated. <laughs> but it was on and off. Um, I just did it when I could. And... I'm sure if I was doing this like professionally and not as this passion project, I could get it done much quicker, mm -hmm. which is which is what I'm gonna try with my time frame for this Transformers one. I'm gonna try to do that one a little bit quicker, mm -hmm. but as you can see, it takes a while. Oh well, uh, yeah, are you gonna do the exact same process? Uh, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I I might I. Might, I was thinking about using sets in combination with the green screen, hmm. like actual yeah, yeah, yeah. built built-in sets, and um, and transformers are going to be a lot different to animate, yeah, uh, compared to Godzilla because um, Godzilla, you know, he's this big working uh, creature who always has at least one foot planted on the ground, mm -hmm. um. And that's that was a good like. I think that was a good experiment experiment to start out with. Yeah, yeah. And now I can move on to the more complicated stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, my brothers help uh helping me on this one. We're actually tackling this one together. We're co making it. Mm -hmm. Um, because with what I have in my head, I couldn't do it without him. Yeah. Um, since. Obviously, you know, Transformers are going to be jumping. They're going to be running. They're going to be, you know, transforming. And that's going to be a lot. Oof. Yeah. And um, actually. Uh, At least the drive yeah. cycle is a lot easier than the run cycle. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I did have a… I did do a Transformers stop motion before. And this is going to be funny. Because this is, this is like when I was 11 or something. Oh, wow. So you're about to see a piece of ancient history. If the Wi-Fi loads. <laughs> um, so why Godzilla and why Transformers? Um, so funny story, actually. The Godzilla stop motion was originally going to be its Transformers stop motion. <laughs> but 
uh, I ended up saving the Transformers script and say, let's go to something new. It just so happened to be Godzilla's uh, 65th anniversary. And I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Hmm. I've watched a lot of the movies. Um, and I wanted to put my, uh, have my own take of this kind of… Iconic. Yeah, icon. What would happen if this giant creature were to rise from the sea? And that's why I added a lot. That's why I added the human story into the movie because I wanted it to have almost a touch of what would happen. Like, how would the United Nations react if this happened? Uh, would we actually like drop a nuke on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens to the people that are still in Tokyo? So. It's just like, I think it's like really interesting. And mm -hmm. obviously, like some people always see Godzilla as this like, oh, he's just, he just like destroys, um, he just destroys stuff. That's his entire, like there's nothing interesting beyond that. But um, looking back at the very first movie, it was actually like a allegory for the nuclear bomb. And it was made for, it was made in, it was made in Japan. Only like I think less than ten years after the first uh, atomic bombs were dropped. Hmm. So, in a way, the Godzilla movie was uh, sort of an expression of their feelings yeah. towards this like dangerous power, like the civilian view of mm -hmm. of what it was. Yeah, and I just thought that was really cool. Beyond, I thought that added something beyond giant lizard destroys city. Yeah. And I wanted to try to capture that. It's more um, symbolic than uh, King Kong. <laughs> it is more symbolic than King Kong. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so right now I'm pulling up the older stop motion. So… Uh, but okay. Transformers, on the other hand, you just enjoy. I love Transformers. Um, I love the 80s Transformers. <laughs> yeah. the, the movies, uh, they don't really do it for me. Yeah. Um, I love the 80s Transformers. They, just uh, like how iconic they were. And uh, so 80s Transformers on a 80s rock backtrack is like ideally. That might, that may be what you see. <laughs> it's either yeah. that, it's either going to be like lean into the heavily. Heavily into the eighty stuff, or I might I might even try something more ambitious. So, um, taking after the older Transformers like comics, mm -hmm. where there's actually a reason why they're fighting, and you learn a bunch of stuff. You learn like Megatron's this dictator who wants to like wants reform, and all of a sudden it becomes like a it becomes a worldview mirror. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, what? Do I want to go with the, like the goofy '80s, or do I want to like tell an an interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm still in the phase of uh, figuring this out. But this very first stop motion, which uh, let's see, 11 years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh! But um, here I got it up for you. So this is 11 years ago. Uh, my brother and I made that. 54 seconds long. Mm -hmm. So. It's very rudimentary, as you can tell. And that used the 80s the Christian Impalo show. Mm -hmm. 
I saw your hand in one yeah. of the frames. <laughs> hey, this is 11 years ago. <laughs> 11 years ago. 11 years ago. And it's still not... Like, you can see cinematography in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. My dad helped us on that, too. But, like, on the more complex shots. Yeah. So, uh, I love the shot of somebody's legs in the background. Oh, yeah. Like, I, just cross legs I believe as those, you... <laughs> I believe those were my legs. As you animate. Yeah. It's super funny. Mm -hmm. I believe those were my legs. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like... Especially something like that. It's not, it's not human form to crumple up into a ball. And so you have to actually like take like not only physics, but also like human expression almost and like com combine it into this weird anatomical like thing. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last time I animated a Transformer was in 2000, 2016. And it was just Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. And it, he wasn't even in it for that long. It was just like a 10 second long thing. That was the last time I like transformed again. Uh, and it was fun though. And uh, that's something I've been looking to revisit. And hopefully this summer I will. So this, this one is going to have uh, voiceovers, correct? It will. And is it, is it going to be featuring your, your Optimus Prime? voice my optimus prime i i probably won't be voicing optimus prime um <laughs> i may voice a character though yeah. i will probably voice i don't know if you're uh, familiar no, you have to you have to uh, yeah i didn't voice anyone in godzilla but well was there any voices in yeah godzilla? the humans were talking oh yeah, yeah okay but uh are you familiar with the transformer sound wave he's the the blue one that turns into yeah, 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 the yeah. uh cassette tape i might voice him <laughs> So we'll see how that turns out. Cassette tape. Yeah, this was the '80s. Were weird, man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I <laughs> I know I have a very uh, finite amount of knowledge about uh, Transformers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super cool though. Mm -hmm. That you're taking on this project, and it's something that you enjoy doing. Oh yeah, I love it. Subjects that you enjoy, um, process that you enjoy, just. Don't rage quit. That's <laughs> that's my advice. Yeah. Um that is, that is, and that's an advice you need to remember yourself uh when you are doing these things because there are several projects where there are several stop motion projects where I just abandon halfway through because I'm like at some point you just become so like fed up with it in your own head. You don't realize how good it is and you just leave it alone and you never come back to it. And that's one of the hardest parts about being an animator is that you're mostly doing, um, especially in this type of animation, you're mostly doing this on your own. And you have to keep yourself, you have to keep your mental headspace in check and uh, almost give yourself some encouragement along the way. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And it helps if you show, it, it helps if you show people. I found that out. Um, if you it helps if you show people what you're working on, and you get like feedback from it, it kind of validates your work and all those long hours that you spend uh, moving these tiny figures 
and taking pictures. <laughs> I found um, Dragon Frame. That's it. That's the. It's that's a Bluetooth the, the controller. Is one of them. Dragon Frame. Dragon mm-hmm. Frame. I couldn't remember it off the top of my. And head. And it shows but. feature films shot with Dragon Frame. Missing Link. <laughs> really? Sean and the Sheep. Farmageddon. Isle of Dogs. Kubo. I have been Little looking, Prince. I have been looking at uh, Dragon Frame. My brother. Well, my. It, it's more. Um, more so my brother working looking at Dragon Frame, but I've also been looking at it. Uh, we may see if there's any sort of like, because I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty pricey <laughs> and we don't have much of a budget, but we may try to look for something like, uh, in that, in the vein of dragon frame. Mm-hmm. So we can like, you know, take our work up a notch. And it includes like a full on interface. It does. Of onion skinny and, and different things mm-hmm. yeah, as well as camera options and stuff like that. But this is like a prime example of stop motion doesn't have to just be claymation and model figures. Is um, Loving Vincent. I love Loving Vincent. So have you that, seen Loving Vincent? Um, yes. But that, that also is on the Dragon Frame website. Really? Um, you go ahead and uh, explain what Loving Vincent is. Um, so Loving Vincent is this… It's this film about Vincent Van Gogh. And each frame was painted. We watched it in… Um, my high school art class. And it really took a while. It's, it is stop motion by definition, but your, your subject isn't a, uh, your subject isn't something like an object that you're taking pictures of. Well, it is by definition, but it's not like say a hat or clay or a figure. It's a painting and you change up the painting or you paint a new one. and it's very interesting. And this the entire time I was watching it, I was like, wow, I could never do I could never do it with painting. Yeah, like um I can't remember the statistics, but it was like hundreds of painters and thousands and thousands of paintings. Yes. Just full on canvases. And like I I had to watch the behind the scenes because and it showed people just painstakingly doing every single frame and every single motion. Um, and then um, what I saw is what was interesting is that they actually painted over on the canvas. So like if the background was stagnant, then only the character was, move. was the frames were moved. Mm-hmm. So um, the background would stay the same. But what was super interesting is that they actually did like really complex shots where they were actually like zooming through under and over and different things. And so it wasn't yeah, super dynamic, shots. super dynamic. So they didn't take like the cheap route of just animating the figure as it walks across the screen. Instead, they literally, yeah, the whole background, the entire moving. thing just completely just shifts, which is super cool. And they'll have wind and uh, the water rippling in Van Gogh's paintings and stuff like that. Like it's, it, it is, and it's all painted in his style, mm-hmm. all in Vincent Van Gogh's style. Yeah. And obviously the movie's about him and about uh, the end of his, the, towards the end of his life. And I thought, oh, it was like, wow, what an, what an incredible and impressive feat of art. Oh, yeah. Not only his life, but also the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Frame 4 download and Bluetooth controller, $305. Really? Um, and then 
the controller itself, the Dragon Frame Bluetooth controller, $35. Wow. Yep. That was way cheaper than I thought it would be. But uh, I'm, I'm sure it's the program, which the program, the program is what's expensive. It's almost 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I th- from what I've read, it obviously functions a lot better than my rudimentary premiere. Just kind of clipping everything together. So maybe one day. Maybe one day. When we get farther into this. Hey, sooner than you may think. You never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you got anything else you want to say? Um, no, I think that's it. No, just encouragement for all of our future animators. Oh, well, never give up. That's, never give up. That's one of my big, that's my biggest piece of advice. Never give up. Um, don't be afraid to discipline yourself. Be patient. Things aren't going to come easy, especially with animation. And uh, just follow your passion. If you have a passion about it, um, there, there are a million things in the way. And, but you can, you can overcome all of them. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it just takes a little work. And it's awesome in the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's right. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This was a really fun experience, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime, bro. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll do more in the future. Yeah. Um, till then, have fun. Enjoy the process. Don't give up. And just take it one frame at a time. One frame at a time. Till next time. See you later. Till next time. Thank <laughs> you.